People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Is your dog or cat eating the most fresh, all-natural pet food they can? If you're not feeding them pet wants, then they aren't eating the most nutritious food available. Pet Wants is a locally owned pet food store specializing in all-natural, fresh pet food delivery right to your front door. I mean, who doesn't want that? Check out PetWants.com and set up your subscription today. And for my listeners, use the coupon code BRIGHTMINDS20 to get 20% off your first subscription order today. That's P-E-T-W-A-N-T-S dot com. Check them out, y'all. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bright Minds with Ash Mon. I have got Scott Trent sitting down in my kitchen with me this morning. Scotty T. Hey, boy, hey. Do you just knew the hey, boy, hey was coming? <laughs> Gosh, I'm so excited for today, guys. I um, am pretty good friends with the Trents. And you know what I was thinking yesterday, and I was telling them this at the pool, is Sometimes it's harder when you do your friends because I feel like I should know a lot of things that I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe you've told me and I forgot them because yeah. we're usually having fun when we're hanging yeah. out. You've been drinking hey, and I-, I told you something <laughs> and then you covered this Listen, already. whether I'm drinking or not, I just have a terrible memory. And also when you meet someone new, there's a lot of new information coming at you, you know? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, and you're not taking notes. We're gonna fi- we're gonna figure things out today. You're in the shallow in the pool. You're not really paying attention. <laughs> I'm always paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was gonna tell you this yesterday, but I was saving it for my podcast. Guess what happened to me this week? What I was happened? on a conference call. Swear to God, this person who was leading it said, "I want everyone on the call. There's like ten of us to go around and introduce yourself and tell me something interesting about you." I had that pit in my stomach. I thought I was like 17 years old again, like going to a new class. I'm like, what? I'm almost 40. Like, why are we doing this? I hate that question. So I'm like maybe fifth in line and somebody had been attacked by a bear. Somebody had like played golf with the president. Like everyone's like going around and I'm like, oh dear Jesus, like what am I going to say? Now I forget what the call is even about because all I'm thinking about is like what I'm going to say that's interesting. Then I was like, you know what? Scotty T's coming on my podcast and he would have 1 million cool things to say right now. Like, what would you say if I was like, Hey, this is Scotty Trent. Tell me something interesting about yourself. Oh man. Where would I, <laughs> I would tell you, I, I left my working uniform in my hotel closet two days ago. <laughs> and that's you? always fun to try to call them yeah. in a panic and tell them, can you please send all of my working clothes back to me? Could you, how'd you fly home without your working clothes? I didn't, I, I operated there, but I flew back in the back. Okay, so, so you, did, just, so you weren't like flying home. I was not flying I thought home. you would say something like, you know, you flew the presidents or like something really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was, I've got <laughs> lots of those stories. Those are fun, but you know, who can, you know, no one can relate to flying the president. Everyone can relate to, I left a bunch of stuff <laughs> hanging in my hotel closet. I'm almost 50 years old and I left all my stuff. In <laughs> that was a fun opening my uh, bag two days ago and where's all my... Do you, do you feel like there's mind. always like two, like a relationship works in a way in which there's one person that leaves their stuff behind, which would be me. I'm not that person. Oh. It's not me. Okay. It's, Cause Steven goes and checks the closet for me and yeah. like checks underneath the like pillows. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he finds my stuff still no. sitting there. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I, Gina, I was trying to, I made the call to the hotel in the closet so that Gina would not hear. And she walked up. <laughs> And was like, oh, 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 oh look oh, how the is, tides have the turned. The tides have turned. Is that what the expression? Tables? 
tides. Table. Mm-hmm. Tables have turned. Oh no. Oh no, I'm gonna drink some more. <laughs> this is the worst part about having a podcast is I'm like it's really hard when you're on the spot. You think you said the wrong yeah. thing. Do you know one time I called myself a busybody on here? What does that mean to you? Oh, that means you're like in everybody's um business. Well, not to me. It means like you're just like like really no. like active and like always doing stuff. Oh, that's a very that's, apparently means nosy. I Googled yeah, it after because yeah. somebody's like, You called yourself a busybody. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really quick. Now that we're on the seat, told you it was going to take on a life of yeah. its own. Um, one day, guys, I think this was Mother's Day two years ago. It pours down rain. So a few of us get together, have some lunch. Our kids are all playing. And somehow the expression, what was the expression we've been saying? For all, I always said for all, all intensive purposes. All intensive purposes. And I was uh, that day is years old when I learned it's for all intents and purpose. Correct. I mean, when you say it fast, nobody even knows. No. Why do we get caught? Why? First of all, I got called out. And then what a good friend Scotty T was. He's like, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Gina calls a uh, uh, breakfast, uh, breakfast. Like like an R with, in there? With an R in there. I'm like, oh, can you dear. spell that, please? Can you spell it? How I don't think I there's an R in there. Heard this. She spits it out too Do you fast. know, I think you were trying to get her to do that when it was her birthday and you're like, she wanted to go to, what kind of breakfast? Like you were trying to get her to yeah. stay breakfast. <laughs> with an R? What is that about? I think just growing up and never got rid of it. Okay. Oh, the frist. Listen, you know, there's some things I feel like I say no wrong, but there's a lot that I'm like, you, you sure? Whoops. We are Watch like six one. minutes in this podcast and Talked I've already nothing. denigrated Gina twice. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. So when I do these things, I always text everybody and I say, is there anything we can't talk about? Because, you know, I'm not trying to be Howard Stern over here and get to the bottom. You know, I want to I respect you guys. And uh, Scotty T's only thing was he was not allowed to badmouth his wife, yep. who was just fantastic. There's nothing bad we could say about Gina. Mm. She's the best. We'll see where this goes. You've already, <laughs> you've already called out the R in breakfast. All right, guys. So Scotty T, this is where my memory of you takes off that you went to the University of Miami of Ohio, which is also where Big Ben went, which is why I remember that. Miami University. Miami. University of Miami is in Florida. Miami, Miami University. University in Ohio, though. In I said, Ohio. whatever. It's fine. Oxford, Ohio. Correct. Why'd you go there? Um, great question. I grew up in Connecticut and, uh, both my brothers went to school in Massachusetts, homebodies. And, uh, I needed a school with, um, Naval ROTC. So so, you already knew that was the path you were going to go on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it really narrowed it down. I had a friend whose older brother went there and he was going to visit. And I said, I would drive with him just to check it out. I was already going to Springfield college. I already said it. Where's that? It's in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. I skipped that part. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like three miles away from where my brothers were going to school. And Your I went, twin brother. my twin brother and my God. older brother both went to Western New England College in Springfield, Mass. I was going to Springfield College to dive. I was on, I got huh. recruited to dive. Like, look at this. I'm yeah, learning something today. new right now. <laughs> oh my God. And um, uh, I went out to Miami, Ohio, and um, I loved it. Yeah. It's a beautiful town. Everybody in the from the Midwest, super nice. So it's nice. not Springfield, Massachusetts. I was like, I'm going here, and um, apply. It's a tough school to get in. You would, had you already committed to Springfield? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And committed I was like, like you're some yeah, athlete. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, I guess you're on the dive. <laughs> I was, but I was like a walk on dive. I was not scholarship. And then I uh, um, applied to Miami of Ohio. Didn't get in because I wasn't the most stellar. And I reapplied, and I notified the. Uh, diving coach that I was applying. Is there a dive team? There's a dive team. I didn't know that any college had a dive team. Yeah. It's all part of the swim team. It's just part of the swim team. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) Swear to God, because I know what you do now. 
I swear, I thought you meant skydive. <laughs> Sweet Lord. <laughs> Why'd I admit that? I don't know. On my, <laughs> I could have just kept going. You could have just kept going on the, the skydiving team. My face team. is I, a I few have, shades of red. I keep have going. a... Uh, I have a, a, a Div 1 scholarship for skydiving. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know any okay. college. <laughs> so swimming and diving. <laughs> sweet okay. Lord. I'm really blushing. Sweet, I don't blush often. Sweet Lord. So, uh, <sighs> and uh, I, you know, and uh, Springfield College was not a very expensive school. And I was going Oz State at, uh, at Miami, which was at the time, I think it was like 17 grand a year. Damn. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And, and my uh, parents were like, hey, if that's where you want to go, you can go. And then I showed up at school in August and dive for Naval ROTC uh, intro. And the dive coach is like, uh, okay, practices uh, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, starting next week in August, next week until April. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that's going to be a no for me, that's dog. A, that's a, <laughs> thanks for getting me into college. <laughs> can you do uh, that? They don't like... Well, did they drop your? You didn't get a scholarship. I didn't, it wasn't a right? scholarship. They just, they just. So you can say I quit. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, okay. no thanks. I have naval ROTC commitments, and he was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, they weren't sad. To, they weren't missing. You. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was like the fourth string guy. They weren't missing out on anything. It, are they good, like an athletic school? I just again, I think yeah, got a, yeah, so. they've got a they've got a, a a not great football team. It's the Mid American hey, Conference. Hey, they've got a great hockey team and okay. a pretty solid baseball team. They're okay, so what, what is your commitment? Were you in ROTC in high school? No. So but you, you can, knew. You can, yeah, I wanted to go because into the military. I had some teachers that were really positive influences on me, and um, and now I'm dating myself. <laughs> okay, so there was <laughs> this thing that happened in the 90s called the Gulf War. Okay. Uh, the, first, <laughs> the first Persian Gulf War, and that was like right when I was a junior. I was like, oh, this is... This is so awesome, and uh, you know the teachers like, look, it's not really awesome. You know, this is this is going to be a dangerous time for everybody, and and but it is a positive experience going in the military. So I thought I was going to go into um, uh, the Marines. What do you uh, think was awesome? Was it the fact like pe- like defending your country, or was it, was, it like this boyish like give yeah, me a gun fit, and like it let's was go physical fitness? Physi- it okay. was like everything was you know about. Um, I like the idea of serving your country and being physically fit. I was uh, in high school. I was. I played three sports back when you could play three sports. Yeah. I played soccer, swimming, and diving, and I ran track. And um, so I had it in my mind that I wanted to be a, a Navy SEAL. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. because I, I could run and I could swim. And it's so badass. And uh, so I went to Naval ROTC, and the Navy guys that I was with were all going to be like submarine drivers and nuclear engineers. They wow. were not my speed. They were like <laughs> physics Why? and math and... <laughs> And no one ran. No one did any physical fitness. They okay. were they they're like, just smart. They were just Nerds. smart and kind yeah. of lumpy. And uh, I, I got on with the there's the the Marines. The Marine Corps is part of the Department of the Navy. So in order to be get a scholarship to become a Marine, you have to go into the Naval ROTC, and then you go into the Marine option. So there's a side. It's about twenty percent go Marines out of this uh, Naval ROTC. So in order to do anything physical, you had to work out with the Marines, the Marine options. So I became friends with them and I said, okay, well, I'm not going to go and become a Navy SEAL. I'm going to go into Marine recon, which is kind of like a lesser equivalent of that. So they, they, they swapped my, I got a three-year scholarship Oh, after my first year, I got picked up for a scholarship. That's amazing. So it's a great opportunity, full ride. Yeah. They, They pay you. As they should. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like what you're, when you get that scholarship, is is there like a 
I don't call it a catch, but like, yeah. but hey, you got to, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big catch. Yeah. If you, and I'll get to that, but <laughs> okay, if you sorry. fail, you got to pay it back. Um, but, uh, um, and while I was in there, I'm going to be in the uh, Marine recon. I'm going to go force recon. And once I switched over, the guy in charge was a helicopter pilot. And he said, Scott, you're going to take this test to become a pilot. And I said, I don't want to become a pilot. I want to be in the infantry. He goes, they will kill you there. You are, you are not them. Your personality, they're going to eat you alive. You're too happy. You're too fun. <laughs> you're going to become a pilot. What a compliment. Yeah. And he was, I was like, no, I'm not. And like, he's like, yes, you are. I can and be not I, happy and fun. And <laughs> what that guy's name's Bill Wiggins. And to, uh, and, shout and to out this Bill day, Wiggins. shout out to him because he changed my life much for the better. Cause when I went, Scotty. it was actually part of the Marines. I was like, when I was doing infantry things, I was like, this is the worst thing on the planet. This is so awful. Like why? Cause you have to like live outside, even if it's like pouring rain and you have to dig holes and then okay. go to the bathroom in those holes. This is like your like, train. Like this yeah, is. I was in, I was in Quantico, Virginia and it was November and it was like halfway sleeting and snowing and it was raining. And I was like, they're like, dig a hole and lay in it. No. I was like, no, that sucks. No, I, don't I have a college that. degree. I don't want to <laughs> dig a hole. Get me out of here. I, I don't made, think I'm I've equipped made, for any of this. I made a terrible <laughs> life decision. I had a, um, I had a, a, a friend that, you know, anyone in, in life can go join the Marines, have it, become an officer in, in, uh, after college. And one of my squad mates was, um, she is a judge. And she's currently a judge up in Boston. That's amazing. She was a um, she was a lawyer in the Marines. Bring in lawyers, and because yeah. we need, um, I can think uh, of Jag. Jag, we yeah. need Jag <laughs> lawyer, like like uh, Connor. Uh, Connor. Yeah. Well, Connor. Connor's not wasn't a lawyer in the army, but uh, I love how I make things up. Hey, just, when I make something up about someone, it's usually for the better, for the record. Yeah, he's, yeah you know, <laughs> he's awesome. He's a skydiver in college, <laughs> Div One, and uh, <laughs> I'm blushing again. And, God, uh, but um. <laughs> She she went to um, Harvard no. undergrad, Georgetown Law, and was the district uh, uh, assistant district attorney in Virginia, and then joined the Marines. I and want we, her on this podcast. And we were up at three thirty in the morning, standing in line to go walk three miles to the rifle range that day. Wow! And I was two rows behind her, and I every morning because we did this for like three weeks, I would yell, Shannon. What have you made? And she would she would say a serious vocational error. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you certainly have. Oh, that's this is amazing. Some just bad life choices here. So, so sure. you're into this, and at some point, someone says, "Hey, come come fly this plane or this helicopter." Excuse me. So you get you and get, you're like okay, gladly you, yeah, jumping yeah, ship. Yeah, you know, and I, I didn't know it at the time, and I was like, I can't so be a pilot. And switch. I was like, well, you could you could you could sign up for it, and that was what that guy built. Wiggins signed me up. He's like, you're going to take a pilot contract instead of, so I could, you can be a pilot, but if you decide while you're in pilot training that this isn't for you, you can drop out and there's, there's no problem, but it's very hard once you get in the system to become a pilot, unless okay. you have a contract in the front, in the front side. So like when I was Do walking most around- Do pilots the come from the Air Force and- No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. The Air Force has its own okay. completely separate division. God, I know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Keep they, going. They, the Air Force guys skydive into tra- <laughs> I will never live this down and I am red again. There's a third time. So um <laughs> so uh um I went through training in Pensacola, Florida, and then you like get to select what type of aircraft you fly. So everyone goes through the same training and then you select either 
jets or helicopters or um, big prop planes. It's all very competitive, but it's also they do what's called um, like a, uh, Did a spread. Did you pick the helicopter or the helicopter pick you? Like I, in my uh, mind, you'd be like, "Give me that jet." No, yeah, I was giving, I was giving me that jet, but I also had a lot of fun in Pensacola, okay. so my grades weren't the, the best. <laughs> so the guys generally they go back in the time they did thirds. So like the the guy at the top of the first third tranche could get jets, but then if you like were in the the middle of the third, you could get jets, and then at the bottom, I of the don't third, want the middle third spread, driving yeah, that yeah, jet. Yeah, well, you know. It's, <laughs> It's a, they called it a, a spread load. So, um, really I, quick, how old are you? Give me a reference. So you graduate college. So in my mind, you're already 21, 22. Yeah. So how old are you when you're in Pensacola, Florida? You're right after college. Oh, okay. So six months in Quantico, Virginia, running around digging holes. So you're still and, like 22 ish, yeah, 23 yeah. or something like that. And okay. now you're down in Pensacola, which is, it's tough for a lot of people because there is no oversight. You are literally for the first time in your life, you're like on your own. You have no study. It's just, here's a syllabus when you show up for work know this syllabus. And if you don't, you're not going to be a pilot. Like and, Scott, I feel like we have a few things in common. I'm just shaking my head because I'm like, no, that wouldn't work for and, me, man. And, and I would have been in the bottom it, third too. It didn't work for, uh, <laughs> there were people that dropped out left and right oh, because they couldn't, they they yeah. didn't have the discipline to like study at home and you're just on your own. So it's like, well, oh, there was a time when that wasn't a thing. I think these kids know how to study just after, you know, it became more of a thing, but that wasn't a thing then. Yeah. you were, I need someone to teach me. You were 23 and you know, it's like I could sit in my my room, you know, and you lived out in town. You just had like an apartment. You're like, I could sit here and study or I could go to the or bar. I'm or I'm 22 and I've yeah. just been doing this for a minute. Yeah. I'm going to go to the bar. Yeah. So there were people that I, I definitely felt a lot of pressure to do well. Sure. And uh, I want I knew what the other side was, where I was coming from. So I had, to, a good point. I had to escape the hole digging people. <laughs> and, uh, and I did not like that. So I did have, so I was- a uh, very, very competitive class because you just go through like a, a, a group of people that are in your same peer group. And I I knew that I wanted to kind of stay in Pensacola and the options if you got jets were either Kingsville, Texas or Meridian, Mississippi. I was like, I don't know if I want that. You know, I if you- Mississippi. Yeah. In Pensacola, you just stay in Pensacola. You just I had friends there. So I was like, look, I'm just going to go with helicopters. And then um, I wanted anything on the West Coast as opposed to the East Coast. Okay. I want to be in San Diego. Just to check so out you the world? So, like, you, yeah, because, okay. you know, yeah, it's San Diego. Sure. So it was like I selected, you can you can put particular helicopters or you can say, I just want anything on the West Coast over what type of helicopter. So I got CH-53's West Coast, which was perfect. CH-53. Okay. Yeah, that's what I flew my entire career. I will forget that in four seconds. It's all right. Yeah. You know why you want, your the name of the helicopter is the Super Stallion. Got so that one. You won't forget that one. <laughs> Scotty T and the Super Stallion. Yeah. Yeah. That might be what this episode is called. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So life takes you from Pensacola to San Diego. It did, did some of your buddies that were fine with you go out there too? Correct. Everybody did. Like oh, that God. was kind of the thing. <laughs> we were all like, you know, we're like, okay, look, I'm going to put coast over frame, frame meaning the helicopter, like coast over type. Um, you guys do the same and we're sure. all going to go live in San Diego this together. sounds so fun. So we'd, <laughs> we'd break up. Uh, Pensacola, you get your wings and then you go to train on that particular helicopter. The one that I flew, the Super Stallion, the training was up here and I lived in Emerald Isle no for way. a year. Didn't know that yeah, either. Yeah. In uh, 2000, I lived in Emerald Isle with these guys that were all uh, yeah. just like, it's crazy because you're like, 
who who is going through training then? And you just find guys and you're like, hey, can I live with you? And like, yeah, we got an extra room. So you just the like- The friend that just came to visit you, didn't he go there with you? He was, he flew, he flew with, you. with okay. me okay. in San Diego. Okay. But not he did close. not, he was, he's two peer <laughs> groups below me. So he did not. So I would, I'm what now living in Emerald Isle with like three of the most different, it was me and two other guys, and we are the most different people. If you could be 180 from three people, I love this. There was there was Rick Barnes, who was like everything was had to be absolutely perfect, and this guy Jeff Warbiani, he would like make his coffee in the morning and would spill it down the cabinets and would like clean <laughs> it up, it? With, leave it or clean it with like a couch cushion. Like it was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Everybody has to live with somebody like that at he least was once. Terrible. <laughs> and Wonder he, what he's doing and now. And Rick Barnes was so he's so by the book. Both of us, we would come home, and the first thing Jeff and I would do was we would take the blinds and like mismatch them, just to just f with to, him, just to f with him. <laughs> and he would, we would sit on the couch and crack a beer and wait for him to come home and watch how long it took him to fix God, the blinds. This sounds fun. Somebody could like easily do that seconds. to me. He he would drop his bags and walk over and fix the blinds. This is how <laughs> oh, we lived. Oh <laughs> God! All right, I have a question. When you yeah. get Emerald Eye, when's the first time? Maybe it was Pensacola that you are completely by yourself in control of this helicopter, and up you go. Well, and did you pee your pants a little? It's always very. Or was it, it down? You go that you got nervous. It was you had to very. It. It's always. It was pretty shocking because Navy all military flying training is to take you from zero training to have never touched or flown a plane. It's designed for like a C minus English major <laughs> to fly a plane, and that's. Well, and you're that's, saying you're doing home studies, and I'm like, well, when do you get behind that? Well, they like, put you in simulators first, so you're okay. not going to, you know, they put you in simulators, and then it's while you the build same. that, it's not the same. The first time I flew, uh, it was a it was a T thirty four C, and the pilot, I, I, the instructor sat in the front, I sat in the back, and we went up, and I spent most of the time throwing up. Stop. Yeah. Nerves or motion sick or nerves, and it's it smells like gas the okay. whole time, and he's doing loops to try to just. Show me everything the plane can do. I would throw and up. I filled two throw up bags in that seat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay. At that point, were you like, I don't know if I can do this? I or was, was that like a normal reaction for your first? I, I think it was, to me, it was normal because it was like up. you wanted to get everything just out of, you know, hey, this is this is what it is from soup to nuts. Yeah. Are you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm good now. And by the third flight, I was like, hey, I'm actually flying this plane. Holy shit. Now the second, first and second one, that was not great. But the okay. third one, I was like, hey, I'm actually <laughs> flying this plane and I can actually land it. And then you go through. Was uh, landing, landing makes me nervous. Was that harder? What makes you more nervous at the beginning? Taking off or landing? Well, obviously landing. Okay. Like, Just, I didn't no, know if that was a weird thought for me. Yeah. It's not weird. Okay. No, it's not weird. It's like, when's, when's yeah. everyone going to crash? Yeah. It's in the landing. landing. You know? Okay. As long as the takeoff, as long as you don't hit a tree. <laughs> then I just got to get it down from here. <laughs> yeah, then you got to just get it down. But uh, no, it was um, it was very exhilarating. You you fly this this type of plane, and then you then you move on to helicopters, and then you move on to a much the one that I flew. And so, for context, a police helicopter or a traffic helicopter sure. is what you you train on. It's a Bell two hundred six. It's pretty small. It's like four seats, and it's. It's probably weighs, I can't remember, like 5,000 pounds. And then they immediately dump you in this fleet helicopter, the Super Stallion, which weighs 55,000 pounds. When it's you 100 feet long. take and, off of that, you can feel the dip. Like, you're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, because like, it's a, it's, it was monstrous. It was oh like, I, how am I even going to fly this thing? And then um, then you just get used to it. And then it's like it's like driving a Toyota. Another but a thing. Yeah, it's another but a thing. 
So how long are you in San Diego before they're like, all right, Scott IT, uh, this is what you've been training for. It's time to deploy. Yeah. So I got to San Diego in um, 2000 and we used to, bef- before everyone, all, all the thing we've only known in, in this, in this age is, is war, sure. you know, but before then we would do deployments overseas to kind of be like a ready reserve. And where we would do them out of San Diego is we'd go to Okinawa, Japan. Okay. So we'd go to Okinawa, Japan from San Diego for six months and be in Japan kind of But forward. that seems like not scary, right? It's just oh, like, it's, go oh, to Japan. Oh, we went to Japan. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was a that was a gentler time when you would pack golf clubs and scuba gear for a deployment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'd, uh, we'd like, okay, we're going to Okinawa, you know, pack your scuba gear, pack your golf clubs. And, but you know, you're, you're still away from San Diego and I was single at the time and you're just you're just somewhere else. Sure. It's not a, that big of a deal. Did that one time, came back, was home for a year, did it again. And while we were there, that's when the- You second, were in Japan when 9-11 yeah, se- No, no, no. When the second Gulf War. Oh, God. <laughs> See? This is our- eight. I'm like, yeah. wait, 9-11. <laughs> yeah. So when the second Gulf War hit- I don't know what year that was. That was 2003. Okay. Yeah. So in 03, um, they started up all this talk about going to- uh, Iraq, because right after 2001, and that's when we went into Afghanistan, and all my friends were like going ever, and everyone's like all excited yeah. about like going to war, going to war, going to war. And these guys were, we were in rotations to go to Afghanistan. They're like, oh, you're going back to Japan. You're like, are you serious? Like, can't we go somewhere? So exciting? you you weren't thrilled to be going to Japan? I was or? not thrilled. Wow. No, because okay. everyone's going, you the war's do- in Afghanistan. Sure. You know, this is what's going on. I want to go to Japan. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be So best. we were in Japan. <laughs> And they started talking about the war that was going to end up kicking you off in March and it is December. And the, they were making plans to move everybody over to Kuwait in the, in March. And we were leaving Okinawa at the end of December. Okay. And on December 24th, we were in the theater, um, the base theater getting our go home. Don't, when you go home, you're a little bit off, you know, socially, you know, integrate with your families and slowly and somebody walked in and was like, Hey, turn off the show. These guys are all staying here. They're yeah. not going home. Yeah. Like for how long? Like indefinitely. So we'd already done six months in Okinawa and then they're like, you're here for another, for indefinite. You're not going to the war. You're staying. Here Why? It was called, um, at the time it was called uh stop loss, stop move. Okay. They made a movie about it. I think back huh. in the day it was, they just, they just wanted because it was too fluid, they didn't know where everyone was going. So they just said, everyone where they are, just stay where you are so we can figure out where everybody's going. And everybody else just floated over to Kuwait okay. to go into the invasion. So I watched the first or the second Gulf War from my room in Okinawa, Japan. And people are text are, are writing me emails and yeah. saying, oh my God, I know you're in the Marines. I hope you're safe. I'm like, I'm safer than anybody else. I'm in, I'm in <laughs> I don't my, want to be here. I'm in my pajamas in Okinawa, oh Japan. My gosh. Yeah. So we, we were there for 13 months straight. 13 months. Wow. And we, uh, we kind of lost our minds a little bit because did everyone, did, you, you wanted were, to be there. Were, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's you're, what you've been you're in your 20s yeah. and that's why you joined. And those are your friends and you know, yeah. somebody, okay, but I know you didn't stay there. So no. And who knew that there was going to be plenty of war to go around right. like 10 years. And so when do you first? Get in the action. The next year, we got home so in July, and I was. Uh, I it was two thousand four. I okay. I I went on a ship. I brought all of our. The war was 
the the initial invasion was done and then um we didn't really know i we really know what was going on like everyone's like you know mission accomplished do you remember that it was george, very confusing george bush was on like the, the 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 ship and he was like mission accomplished and everyone's like well why are we still going over to iraq and was like you know i don't ask any questions i'm, I'm just, just, doing, I'm what I'm just doing, yeah. doing what i'm told so we um we put all of our super stallions because we're in san diego we put them on a ship and we i with a small contingent sailed them over to kuwait what yeah it was super fun okay on the uh uss essex and we stopped in kuwait all the rest of my squadron they flew commercially into kuwait we pulled up in the port flew them onto the onto the ship we loaded up all 16 helicopters and they flew into Iraq. No. Yeah, that's what we did. It's kind of that's how you move helicopters into What did Iraq. that feel like when you're landing your helicopter in Iraq? It was well, it was weird because like it was they're did, like the war's over, but it's war's not over. over and yeah. we're going to this big base and there was a bunch of army guys there that had been there for like a year and they're yeah. like, get over here so we can go home. And we're like, Well, what's going on? They're like, We don't know. It's all very confusing. Yeah. And then because you're you're you don't know what, there's nothing really going on and you don't know what to do. So you just go into like train, you're like, okay, well, what do we do when we're back home? Well, we trained. So we set up like training areas okay. in Iraq and we're like, what else do we do? And we just kind of took care of ourselves. And then, and then Fallujah kicked off and then it, it Wait, changed. What? So the, the <laughs> in Fallujah, Fallujah, that was, anything. yeah. So in, in 2000, <laughs> Uh, I think it was 2004. There well, was listen. These... I'm just a uh, sophomore in college at this point. Yeah, just, I just know. you know at my yeah. little sorority function, not knowing yeah. Fallujah. So right. help me out here. <laughs> there was a there was some contractors, military contractors that were um, traveling through the town of Fallujah, which is west of Iraq, and they got uh, caught and they got killed. And then they um, the insurgents uh, hung their bodies from the uh, okay. I do bridge, I do remember this. Yeah, I just didn't know. It was... We just sent everybody in there, and it turned into this huge battle and that kind of turned our tide into like okay this is a shooting war and we started operating 24 hours a day we thought we called it a surge we we're like okay we're just going to operate 24 hours a day for like a month and we operated what? 24 hours a day for 10 years we just never came off of it we were treating it as like a short-term thing like hey how are we going to stay up all night like okay well maybe we'll put no, people on the night like, on the what? night shift we'll put people on the night shift and you'll be on the day shift. And then, you know, after like 15 days, we'll swap out and then, you know, everything will go back to normal. No. 10 years. Like that, that's just, how that's just what happened because I had the, I had the joy of going that? there another time. And I was like, Oh, we're doing the same schedule. Oh my God. The first time can I ask this? I don't no. know. I don't know. Like you had to like use that gun and stuff. Like what? Like, no. Cause I was a transport pilot. Like okay. I'm a, a, the, the, my helicopter. Are you nervous though? Like day in, day out at this point? No. Um, we, the only thing that was going to kill me was myself because we were flying around in the middle of the night. There's no lights. It's, it's dark and it's no. very dusty when you thank land. You. No, thank you. And the thing that was, um, the most dangerous for my particular helicopter is like, um, the landings, the landings, <laughs> because <laughs> guys landings. Were, they were landing and they were, um, in the, in the dirt, they couldn't see and they would spin and flip over. <sighs> so, um, that sounds terrible. Yeah. And so you just, it was, it was unbelievably stressful. And you're like, you know, bring pallets of water out to this place in the middle of nowhere for these guys. They were oh stationed out there and you're like, how am I going to land? It's two 30 in the morning and I can't see the ground. Well, how do you, is it your instincts then? Like how do you, how did you do oh, that? You have equipment on, you have night vision goggles on and you have this thing in the front. It's called a FLIR. So you can see the ground. Um, 
it's forward-looking infrared. So you can you can see that there's nothing in front of you that you're going to run into and you have night vision goggles. And then when you get down low enough, all the dust kicks up and you can't see anything. Oh and that's what's just instinct. So you kind of recognize that I'm close to the ground and just kind of lower the power until you hit. And then you... Did you have any like crazy moments? You're like, oh shit. That, that oh yeah. Okay. All the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Do you know I would ask you about this for the next three hours and you have, you've lived a lot of life outside of that. I have. It, this is where it gets weird in a podcast. I'm like, I don't know. I want to keep going, but we <laughs> should like talk about other things too. Yeah. Cause, cause then I, and the problem that we had at the time, cause we were, we were treating the war in like six month intervals. Like we were, we kept thinking like it was going to end in six months. Yeah. And I recognized that even then I was like, there's no end to this in sight. I need to get the hell out of here out of uh third Marine aircraft wing out in San Diego. I love San Diego, but I need to go do something else in the Marine Corps or I'm just going to be deploying every seven months for seven months. Okay. Cause we did, um, seven months on seven months off, seven months on seven months off. And I was, single at the time because all, and that was awesome because- <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. When are you supposed to date? Well, you're not in, you're supposed to date and all the married guys were getting divorced because oh they gosh. were never home. Because yeah. when you're home in San Diego, you're in Yuma, Arizona training to go back out. Like it was, it was, I called it the meat grinder. I was like, I got to get out of here. So then I applied for, um, and it was time for me to move on anyway. Like, like move up in rank, like all those. Move up in rank okay. and move on because you have to make room for the younger guys coming up. You just have to move on to another job. You can't stay there forever. So that's when I applied to um, HMX-1, which is the squadron that flies the president. So I was able in 2006. Look at you making this perfect transition here. Okay. <laughs> to, to uh, I moved to Washington, D.C. and was there for four years flying uh, President Bush and then President Obama. Okay. I have two questions. Sure. When you got back. Were you kind of messed up? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. So, <laughs> it's not funny at all. I'm just so, like, and it was funny I really because know you my, now. you know, you've my, been retired. You were already retired when I met you. Yeah my my time in Iraq, both times, I look back at it as like one of the high points of my life. I had it's amazing while I was there. It was terrifying, but I was with my friends. It was it was fun and interesting. No one got hurt. No one with our group like got hurt. Like was there was like a your, war yeah. going on, but none of my close friends. No one was injured. Um, and I look back at it really positively, but I came back and I was, I'm off. Like I am off Gina. We went down to, I, I remember, thought if you said no, I'd be worried about you. We went down to Ensenada and, uh, it was weird because they kept, they were doing construction on the, uh, on the hotel we we're at. Okay. And they kept like slamming this real heavy door or something. And I thought we were getting mortared. I was like, we'd never been mortared before, but I knew that sound was instinctively like you're yeah. supposed to know it. And I was like, jumpy. I was like, I'm in Ensenada. What am I thinking? It was the most insane thing. But your body's thing. like natural. I mean, it's it was crazy. defense back, right? It's like, what do I do? You know, you're going into defense. So, but people, when, you, when you're in that situation, even when I was in Okinawa, Japan, we always, that's why they had these briefs is like, when you come back, you're going to be socially awkward. Yeah. It's just weird because you were not, and it's obviously elevated when you came back from Iraq. It's much, much more different. Sure. And it's much more different for people that were in direct combat. I was supporting direct combat. I was never in, I didn't have like an, an M4, you know, running at somebody. Well, that's, that yeah, I didn't not, know that, that till today. That yeah, was my, okay. that was not my thing. Yeah. But, um, still, I part, always, but. I always say that, um, during COVID everybody was essentially on a military deployment, which is why everyone was off. Yeah. No one had control over their, their lives. No one had any idea of when it was going to end. 
and uh, every, they had rules put on them that they didn't really understand, but they had to abide by. That's how it is on deployment, and which is why it I really- I don't know if made, I've ever heard you say that. Or make, what a correlation. Yeah. Man. Everyone was off. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's really cranky. And then I feel like it'd be different too if you're hanging out with people who were there doing that with you, or then you're trying to go to dinner with a couple that's like not, but has no clue. Yeah. And just trying to relate to them. And they're like, yeah. oh, work was hard today with my briefcase. Okay, yeah. I can't. You're like, shut up. Bro. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was very much like that. Yeah. Even coming back from Okinawa, I was like, these people don't understand what, what I was doing. So I also think of this when your deployment, because I know you met Gina. Yes. On deployment, but yes. I don't. Scandalous. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, guys, we love Gina. I just love her so much. What a perfect match. I don't know how, where did she fit in? She was the, she was the, she was not a pilot. She was a maintenance officer. And um, I was, I was one of the pilots that worked in the maintenance division. Everyone that's in the You're military. Marine. She went to the Naval Academy, though. Yeah. She was a Marine as well. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah. Okay. So she went to the Naval Academy. See, I don't, I thought that that made her a Marine. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I'm so, stop talking. Well, so <laughs> she was in the she was in the same squadron as that I was in, but she was in charge of um, the maintenance division. Okay. Everybody, every pilot in the military has it's like your part flying is like your part time job. You have a what's called a ground job. So I worked in the maintenance division. I was in charge of a team. Okay. Um, and Gene uh, was in charge of the entire maintenance division and I did not care That's for so her. so badass though. No, she was so mean. She, you have to be if you're in charge uh, of all these bros. Come on. Was, it was so funny because like, you know, at one point something went wrong. We were in this big meeting and uh, because as you look at her, like people, if she had her hair down, you were like, what is this? this she's, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's striking, but she had her hair and up in a bun. She really good hair. She had her hair up in a bun. <laughs> she's in uniform and something went wrong. I can't remember what, but someone did something not intentional, but it was a, a pretty big mess up. And she took this, we had this hearing protection, we called them cranials, and she just threw it across the room no. into a wall. This is so and cool. And it broke. She was like swearing and everyone's like, sweet Lord. So she could be like, don't super, mess with that Don't one. mess with her. And then like next day she's like, I brought brownies for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know what though? I feel like knowing her now, I, I feel like this all makes sense. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. She's never yelled at me, but I, I feel a little scared <laughs> well, if I wanted to yeah. be. <laughs> Just talk to Teddy. Just Teddy, delightful Teddy on the flip side. So you meet her, had. you don't care for her at first, but no. when we're like- so Well, we had to work together. Okay. And then it kind of grew from there. Is she your boss? No. That would no. be so cool. No. Let's start that. I'm going to start that rumor. She was not my boss. <laughs> She was, uh, she was one rank and that was why it was kind of funny. Cause she was one rank, uh, below me. Okay. I was a captain. She was a Lieutenant, but she would, she would yell at me and I was like, you can't yell at me. I'm a captain. She didn't care. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, yeah, we worked together and then we were stuck in Okinawa for a year together. So we, that just, it, it, it came so about from there. Like, oh, yeah. It was like hot. the second deployment. Yeah. I, I always say like, you know, I, there's not, there was not many women in Okinawa and there was a lot of dudes I, I, In her. my like, mind, it's like a 90, it was, 10 yeah, ratio. Yeah, 90, 10. <laughs> so I was just trying, I was, I was, Every, I, I everybody I was had the, the hots for Gina. I was the most persistent. I, I stuck and it out so the longer. you're so charming, Scotty. I am. Delightful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we, we started dating then and we kind of kept it on the down low and then she moved jobs. And then you dated for 20 years before you proposed. We, <laughs> six years, because no one puts Scotty T in a box. <laughs> Gina had gotten out of the Marines and moved to Connecticut and so was she, working at Sikorsky. Wait, when you flew to, I thought then you went to DC. Yeah. So she was she, in Connecticut. 
She okay. was working at Connecticut. So she was out of the Marines working. You're both at, being independent. You're doing your own things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we were we were long distance dating. And then when I moved to DC, she's like, Oh, I'm moving down. I was like, What? She's like, No, I'm moving down. We're living together. I was like, Love this. All right. Here we go. And I was like, But this is like intermediate <laughs> step. Now? I was 31. Okay. I was like, This is just an intermediate step. And she moved in and it was like one. Every time there was this commercial for, I think it was uh, Zales, like every time for engagement ring. And I could just feel the heat, the eyes on the side of my head. I was like, like get your shit together, I'm Scott looking, T. I'm not looking. <laughs> just staring straight. <laughs> so you go from long distance to her moving in with you. Correct. All right. Immediately. And I'll look, look blissful ever since. Blissful. And, and, and you always have to be stepping forward. You can't ever step back. And you I mean, can't. What, you can't what, be like, let's slow it down. Yeah, let's slow yeah. it down. I know you moved in. You yeah. got your toothbrush in here. Let's slow it down. But you know, it is it's perfect. She's she's wonderful. Turns out, guys, and spoiler alert, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but we were in DC and I was uh I was flying for a Marine One. Yeah, let's, and she let's, was working at Sikorsky. Let's and, get back to this. So yeah. you go to DC, you learn how to fly these planes. Who gives you the job of flying the president? Well, you you apply. And there's a lot of people that apply to that squadron. Why'd they pick you? Well, I mean, other than the fact that you're delightful, so I had, as we've covered. I had qualifications that met their requirements. When I was in the fleet, the regular Marines, I had I was an instructor. I was a weapons and tactics instructor. I had all the qualifications they wanted, including the uh, the number of flight hours that they needed. And the the thing that is the 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 most important is that we share hotel rooms at HMX one and no one wants to smother me with a pillow after living me with a week. Like <laughs> I'm a reasonable person. And that's just it. Like, is this guy a reasonable person? He can do the job, but is he cool? So I was just going to ask, is there an in-person there? interview yeah. where they're like, he actually, no, you, you can carry you a conversation. Submit, you you can meet anybody. Yeah. You yeah. submit an application and everybody writes on it. They write like good dude or no thanks. Everybody, they just put it in the ready no room thanks. and everyone just writes on it. And it's like, hey, this is Scott Trent. He had 15 people write on his application that he's a good dude. And they would literally rank them by how many people wrote on your application that he's a good dude. That's amazing. Because everybody pretty much what has the same- What a good feeling though. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Everyone has the same qualifications. Yeah. So it wasn't your personality that was like, okay, yeah. let's get Scotty T in here. So you get in there and they well, train they you. They didn't call you Scotty. Officer Trent, what were you? Oh, I was Scotty T. Oh, okay. okay. Well, my call sign Spike. So they either call me I don't me think Spike. you've ever told me your call sign. I was going to yeah, ask. Spike. I didn't know if it was private. No, okay. it's not private. <laughs> it's a stupid It's a stupid it's story. It's not stupid. I love all the things. Um, they tried to name me after the, it's a Bugs Bunny cartoon when there's a there's a dog in it that's named Spike, but they wanted to name me after these are my jerk friends. I, they want, I love these guys they, already. They wanted to name me after the small dog. <laughs> Why, Scotty? Well, <laughs> but Spike is the bigger dog. That's and the, awesome. And the character they they were too drunk to put it together. I'm like, you know, the little dog's saying, "Hey, Spike, Spike, hey, Spike, Spike." I'm what like, was the little dog's name? I'm not telling you that. <laughs> you Google that. Go Google it. I am not telling you that. <laughs> You can figure that out on your own. <laughs> All right. So the first time George Bush steps on this airplane, you're flying. What was that like? Is it like a surreal moment? It was completely Take surreal. All politics, whatever anybody thinks I about anything. I don't know if I was even physically, like mentally in that helicopter. You're in uniform and I was flying with um, uh, Craig Rush. Awesome guy. He's in the right seat and I'm in the left seat. Does that mean and you're in charge if you're in the left no, seat? No, no, no. I'm Other a co-pilot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The co-pilot. And he's yes, been there for sense, years and I'm like, he's like, just relax. I got everything. 
You ju- you're just there to back me up. You know what to do. And we fly um, past the Washington Monument. We're coming toward the White House. And I can see it like right now. And the Washington Monument just passes huge as we fly past it. And we fly past it. And we're going into the White House lawn. And there are hundreds of people watching. They have like a whole area where people can stand there and yeah. watch the president depart. And um, I we land. And I just have to, my job is to call the, he can't see with the discs on the ground that he's supposed to land on. Cause you don't want to mess up the white house lawn. They put up, they roll out these big wooden discs huh. that you're supposed to put the landing gear on. And I have to like lean way over and look out the window and look back behind me and say, okay, f- f- left, left, three, two, one, stop. Okay. Forward three, two, one, stop. Okay. Straight down three, two, one brakes, brakes, brakes. He did lands. you nail it? I get it. Yeah. Yes. Great. <laughs> and he shut it down and, um, he's like, okay. Um, the brakes on, uh, open your window. I go, okay. And I open my window. He goes, okay, now lean out and look left. And I look left and there's all the press. And I have these, these are all the pictures that I have. I'm like physically like my body. <laughs> like he's like, no, f- lean more. And I like half of my body leaning out this window. And, um, we, uh, does this picture really exist? Yeah, yeah. Can I have one? Yeah, or see absolutely. one? Yeah. Half one. I'm going to frame and, it, uh, put it on my bedside. Like, what I ask, <laughs> I can I have it? And um, so the president gets on, and he is just like the nicest guy I in the world. I always found him to just be so adorable. Yeah, yeah. he's and he comes in, he shakes your hand, he says, and uh, Colonel Rush says, "Hey, hey, sir, this is this is Scott. He's new. He's like, hey, how you doing? How's it going, man? Great job." And he gets in the back and he sits down. And we're going to take off, and. You know, Colonel Rush is going to do the takeoff. I'm just there to like do the procedures. And I look over and I don't know why I did this. It's like my first time landing there. And all the people were looking at me and I just waved at them. And they all <laughs> ran. <laughs> what kind of wave did you do? It was like full force gump wave. <laughs> force gump. <laughs> like, <yes>. like, hey. <laughs> That's exactly what I think. And I'm sure the, the the president thought they were all waving at him. He's like, wow, that was weird. They all waved at the same time. And we just took off. And I was like, wow, that was surreal. So it was always very, it, it got normalized after a couple times, sure. but it was always very, very surreal. How was um, Obama compared to Bush? He was just as kind? Just as kind. Not as, President Bush always made you feel like he was like, you were like a, a nephew to him. Like he Aww. made you feel like, and Laura, they always made you feel like family. And President Bush would like give you shit and you would give it back to him. And he was no. like, he would love like it. Like you have roasted President Bush. Yeah. yeah he's like, <laughs> whatever, you know, like I, well. You can get away with it as we've discussed you know, many he a would times. come on and uh, the crew, we had crew chiefs in the back that were required to like take care of the helicopter. And we would take our, our shoes off when we climbed in because they would take the, they would take these brushes and comb the carpets in the helicopter all one way. So it all looked even. And, and he had like, he had um, mints and gum when he would, and he would always take the wrapper and hide it. The put the president would hide it on the crew chief. He would take the wrapper to see like, if he like cleaned the plane no. when he came back and like, if he didn't catch where he hid the wrapper, he would show it to the crew. She's like, Oh, you didn't get this That's one. Up. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Like but, a clear wrapper, like come on. But I think my my favorite story of uh, we landed in Los Angeles, and I was with my commanding officer, Colonel Larue, and uh, Colonel Larue. So it's the two of you for a long yeah, time. It's yeah, it's it's always no. We always have like there was a Marine One pilot. They were the most senior guys in the squadron, and they flew in the right seat, and they were the the aircraft commander. And then they went through co-pilots, and I was a my first year, I was a co-pilot, and I was with the commanding officer is a uh, is Colonel Larue, and um, 
the president had a he had call signs. He had nicknames for everybody. So he's you know, his so own. The, hey, the French. He's man. not calling you Spike. No, no, he didn't call me Spike. He he called him French man. Hey, French man, because his last name was Larue. And we landed in Los Angeles, and we were picking up um, the president and uh, Governor Schwarzenegger. And uh, he was the governor already. He oh, was the governor, Jesus. and I was I was looking the crowd, and and the CEO goes, "Hey, there's a there's a Schwarzenegger," and I go, "Where?" He goes, it's right there, man. And I, in my mind, am thinking like this guy is like six foot eight. Arnold. He's yeah. just a monster. <laughs> and I'm looking through the crowd and I'm like, why can't I see him? He's like, he's right there because he's not that tall. He's not like. But c- you couldn't see like his suit ripping from his muscles? Oh, it was so <laughs> odd to me because I kept looking over the crowd. Like I kept expecting him to be like this tree. And then he just walked out. And um, I was. I, I had my head out the side like you do to get the pictures. <laughs> sure, and sure. I turned around. I kind of came back center, and there is two heads inside the cockpit. It's President Bush and Governor Schwarzenegger in the cockpit, and they're like, uh, "President goes, hey French man, French man, <laughs> I want you to, I want you to, hey, hey Governor, this is the greatest pilot on earth. This is, this is my pilot, the French man." And he looks at me, he hits me in the arm, and he points at. The governor goes, it's the Terminator. I'm like, is this <laughs> happening right now? Why is it going? So I, I'm sweaty. I, I wipe my hand off on my uh, my pants and I, I, I put my hand out and he's like, thank you for your service. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing on the planet. This is the best like, story I've ever heard. Did this even happen? So they get in the back and I was like, and I, I heard the mill aide um, uh, talking. The, there's a military aide in the back and uh, – they had the guys with the football. You ever hear about the stories like there's a military guy and they carry a briefcase that's called the football. It has all the nuclear codes. Sure. I never know if this is true or not. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. do. And um, in my mind, there's like a button in there. It's just like, <laughs> let's go. So he's sitting in the seat and uh, the governor goes, he goes, are you the one with the codes? And he's like, I'm sorry, governor. What are you, are you the one with the codes? And he goes, <laughs> sir. He goes, the nuclear codes. It's like, yes, yes. I have the <laughs> nuclear codes. <laughs> How am I just knowing this story? Uh, you know, it doesn't come up at the pool God. or the shallow end. Usually this is amazing. Yeah. Do you know, Trippy and I watched this uh, Netflix documentary on Arnold recently. And so I did know he was short, which is why he got so buff. Like he, yeah. I mean, he had a complex. Yeah, I was, I was, I was shocked at that I could not see him in that crowd. It was the craziest. I'm kind of shocked myself. But that was my, that's my, that's my funny story. And then I. Your one funny story. Come on, Cammy. I, I moved on to um, uh, not flying in the in the left seat, I moved over to the right seat and I started flying. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I was, I was flying the vice presidents and then I was, um, on my off days I was flying, I was flying commercially to sites and I would do all the advanced work. So I would set up the president's going to go to, uh, Newton, Iowa, Obama, uh, president Obama went to, um, uh, why am I blank? What's the Island? Who went to Martha's vineyard for the, and <laughs> like, I said, I would anything. go up, I would go up ahead of time and I would set up, the whole Martha's Vineyard visit. I would do all the hotels and all the- What uh, does that mean? Like, like security setup? Or no, like- I would work with the Secret Service. I would do all the helicopter stuff. So I would set up hangars and the runways and all the airport huh. stuff. And I would do I the I always hotels. thought they went somewhere where that like existed in my mind. Like it already no, was No, he there. goes yeah. everywhere, um, travels all over the world. How do you quickly set up like a hangar and a runway? It's- or You quickly. get good at it okay. because, well, you know, unless it's like a an emergency- 
all this stuff is kind of planned out. You call Talbert and Bright and see what they can do on the. Uh... No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. No, you go to like we went to the Martha's Vineyard Airport and we're okay. like, I need that hanger. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought you were just like I, no, build. I'm no, like, no, it we're takes not. Stephen way longer to build a hanger than like. <laughs> no, but I, ca- I, I, I commandeer it. I'm like with money. Okay. You know, I'm like I need that thing. I need this area of the airport. Because this is and like I, the safest. This is yeah, the, and it's the most it's the most distant away from everything. And I set I set all that stuff up. You've lived a lot of life, man. Yeah, that was a that was a great job. I and, love it. Yeah, you, you've done so much. It's amazing. The the when I did, I will tell you the story though, because I flew. Uh, it's it's timely now. Um, uh, I flew Vice President Biden all the time, Ooh. and I got to know him. How was uh, that? He was. So kind. Um, Actually, love to hear that, but I'd be nervous right now if you were like he was a huge asshole that somehow no, something was no. going to come for me. But he was, I'm glad. he was he he was so he was kind of the point where like he would hang out and talk to you so long. You're like, aren't people looking for you? Did you feel like he was like with the program? Then can I ask that? Oh yeah, this was okay. way back. This sure was, because this was like, years ago. This was 2010. Yeah. Okay, and he was yeah he was awesome. He would sit down with us. That's and, great to and, hear. But you always as as someone that just worked on your staff, all you cared about was that they would recognize you and they would be on time. Like when they were on time, things started to fall apart and you're like, come on, man. Like, I just need you to stay on schedule. And that was, that was some, you ran into some difficulty there. That they would have like, you know, some of their job came up and they were not on time. President Bush, because Bush senior always ran everything. He said, I'm going to run this like a business. And he was like a clock and Bush junior 43 you would be able to on the White House lawn, and I remember like looking at my watch and uh, DC Towers, Reagan Towers, like, "Hey, do you have an update?" I'm like, "He's supposed to be here in uh, one minute," and like, you're like, three, two, one, there he is!" And no way to the minute, to the second, he was like, I love walking that. out there. And um, now, not everybody, did. <laughs> not, <laughs> not everybody's as punctual. Not everybody as did that. Bush. So DC Tower would be like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" Like, uh, I don't know. You know, you can keep those departing trap, and you know when. They keep the planes on the ground until the president's gone. So it has ripple effects like down Everything line. else. So yeah. sometimes when my plane's late, it's because it can president. be. <laughs> I was just out in, in Salt Lake for my other job and uh, wanted to go to Park City to go. I had some time to go check it out. And I-80, the highway was closed for the presidential motorcade because the president was out there. Uh, doing fundraising and they closed the highway. Here. Yeah. 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 Like, all right. We're awesome. taking a two second break and then we're going to come back with the second phase of your life. All right. Where do we call this the third phase? What phase are you in? Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we took a quick break and I realized we've been, we've been shooting the shit for 53 minutes. It's so good though. There's a lot to cover. I'm like really entertained. It's a lot of things <laughs> that my wife does. It's really weird that we can, oh, we can make fun of. Um, right. There's, yeah, there's the gene of it all, the presidents of it all, but all right. So I meet you and you are already retired from the military. Yes. So was this a, did you choose to, did, did some, did you get hurt? Did something happen? Like when did you decide and was it a tough oh, decision yeah. to retire? It was horrible. It was? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Well, there's an old general that had the saying like, no one parts from the Marine Corps. It's like a bad breakup. Like there's either one side is always angry. It's either the Marine Corps or you are very angry that okay. you're leaving. Cause it's, it's not a job. It's like a calling and you're, you're it's very, very, it's very, very different. I can't I, imagine. Yeah. It's not like leaving your accountant firm. Yeah. Like it, you know? Yeah. I, and it, it, I had, um, big aspirations. I had done the things, but I was, ne- I was never going to be 
that guy. And that was the that was the realization that came. Tell me what you mean. You mean like what you had set out to do? You felt like well, I wanted to, like uh, was there a ranking? Yeah, was it general. A, I thought that I was going to retire know, keep, as a general, keep going and become a general be, officer. Okay. And I was kind of in it to win it. And I had the jobs, like I had the jobs to do that, but they weren't the the best jobs. Okay. So I had command of a of a squadron that was a check in the mark and this is where it kind of came off the rails for me because there's a very there's a very linear l- linear way to climb up through the ranks and you know the jobs that are going to make you the stepping stones to become a general and I got I got picked for school in 2017 but it was my um seventh choice of school. December 22nd, I remember this, 2016. Okay. I put in for, it's, it's a master's degree program. I was just going to say, yeah, so I didn't sorry. know you had yeah. to go back to school to yeah. be a general. Okay. Yeah. It's a master's degree in... program that everyone does. And there's, there's, there's seven schools. There's four in the Washington DC area. Gina's like, we're going to, that's where her, she's her from. Family her family's yeah. from. We have a house there. I was just there working at the Pentagon. We're going to move back into that house. Because four of the seven schools are from DC. So she's still in the service at this time. No, no, she's she's done. No, okay. she, we're living down here. She's oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is down in. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just jumping. It's okay. Around. I you would six, think I know all this, but I met I'm you in six o two Winery Way, which I'm, is a few down from yeah, me. Yeah, I'm in the house, and um, we uh, um, I get notification that I got my seventh choice of school in Montgomery, Alabama. Who? And I. Tell, I come upstairs and I'm like, why is a ghost? And Gina goes, what? And I'm like, I got school. She goes, where? And I go, Montgomery. Alabama. How long is this um, master's program? It's a year. Okay. But, and I can do a year away. Sure. She's not going. She's like, I'm not coming. I'm with very you. proud of you. I'm not going to Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> How old are your kids at this time? They, it was 2016. So they're, uh, that's five. And, sure. Five and something. Okay. <laughs> I haven't decided. <laughs> okay. So um Lucy was born in fifteen. Yeah. So, so like uh, whatever. Yeah. Five and two? Five and three. Sure. And uh yeah, five and three. And uh she's like, I'm not moving. Um Teddy has lived in he's three years old. That's right. He's he's three years old and he's living in three houses. Like, okay. come on, we're not doing that. All right. Uh I called everyone around. I'm like, hey, can I go to Montgomery and then go back up to DC? They're like, no, the people that go to DC, those schools, they go to work in DC afterward. So you're not going back to DC anytime soon. And I was like, This is messed up. I'm like, can I get an answer on this? And they're like, no, it's Christmas. Everyone's going on Christmas break. We'll cut back to you in January. So I had like sit on this, this information for weeks. And I was like, I don't like this feeling. I'm getting out. And then they um because there's nowhere to go but up, right? So you either Correct. become a general or you're like a out. Well, you go up and then the, the jobs get crappier. They're not flying jobs. They're okay. administrative jobs. You have, you're a colonel. You have like a lot of influence, but you're not doing this, the fun stuff. You're not flying. You're not with the young guys. You're just doing this. You're probably working in the Pentagon, moving stuff around like budget stuff like I was doing. It's, it's pretty terrible. Okay. So I decided I was getting out. What I didn't know in the background was the airlines were hiring like massively. We had a huge shortage of people that were ex- or a huge amount of people that were exiting the Marines. They're like, what job will you take to stay in? I was like, well, I'll be the second in charge of the base and I'm going to fly this King Air. I'm going to keep flying, but it's a fixed wing plane. And like, I'm like, the job doesn't open up until August. Like you can have it right now. We'll just put you in it right now. I'm like, are you serious? What a compliment. Like, Yeah. Well, it was not a compliment. Oh. There was there was like ninety guys that they were not planning on leaving that left, so they were a little short. So I uh, 
I got that job. And that's how I got all my fixed wing time. So fixed I could, wing is like airplanes, like, right? Airplanes. But mean meaning therefore you, that's how you learn know to fly a commercial airplane. Correct. Okay. That was my stepping stone to go into the airline industry, gotcha. having been a helicopter guy. Because th- you can't, you're, okay, okay. You can't fly. They don't. They don't translate well. <laughs> it's a little, little, little different. It's different. <laughs> so you have to have a. You have to have fixed wing time in order to go fly uh, uh, for the airline. So that was what I did. It worked out. It worked out perfectly. So, so I how did long that. did you do that? Two and a half years. And then you retired. Then I retired. Okay. And what was that like? Was it like a big? So it was a big moment. It was great. You know, I. Like I said, the like people. One way or the other. One way or the other. And I was like that in 2016. I was so angry. I was like depressed. I'm not angry for you. Alabama, get out of here. I was drinking at like eight in the morning. I would wake up and I'd be like, I don't know what to do. And start drinking. (laughs) (laughs) And I was I looked at like my uniform in the closet. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be wearing that anymore. I was like, it was was, I think about it now. I'm like, that was so silly. It was really, it was I don't know. I I think you're allowed to have that moment. uh, It was. And I'm super glad that I like came, I came out of it and I was like, wait a second. Cause once I told them I was retiring, I was like, the air smells so much nicer and the the greens are so much crisper. (laughs) So the grass was greener on the other side. So once you made that decision, I was like, I, I, uh, I, the Marine Corps gave me everything in life. I'm so thrilled to have done it, but it's a great place to be from and not. Anytime you've talked about it, you really have always just elude like this positive, I don't yeah. know. It makes me feel good. I love hearing your stories. No, you, I, you've never said anything negative. People that ask me about going in the military, I was like, it, it's a very personal choice. Um, I would say be, become a pilot. <laughs> stop digging those ditches. <laughs> but we need the people to dig the ditches. We do. Right? And they, they are, we do need those thank people. Thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you for digging So what if hole. like this, now that you said that, I was what if Teddy and Christian and or they came to you and said, "Hey, Dad, this is what I want to do. This is the path I'm going to want to go on." I would, I would, I would encourage it, but I would encourage it very specific things. Like okay. there are things you can do in the military that translate very, very well to the outside world. One of the big things right now is um, cybersecurity. Sure, go in that, become a pilot. There's certain jobs, but there like are. You gave yourself a, 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 you know, a backup plan I, or like I, a. Well, other, I gave myself yeah. a. a a career, the, a second career, sure. a whole another 20 years That's what we in should an call industry. Not, yeah. yeah, a second career. And you can do that. But one of the things like going in the infantry, what it does, um, it doesn't necessarily translate easily into the outside world. But what it does give you is it, it teaches you resilience. It teaches you problem solving, leadership, sure. management, all these other things. So it it does give you a huge step up on the outside world, but it doesn't just become a pilot on the outside, it just translates so easily. Right. It's just bing, bang, boom. And cybersecurity and then there's some, there's some of the other Cybersecurity sounds so interesting. Dang. Yeah. I love talking to Chris Wright sometimes. Yeah. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Gosh. So I would, I would always, I would always, I would be very supportive, but very supportive in a particular direction. Which, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like you, you've got to like to stand on. Like some parents give an advice. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. You know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Like you're got him in the yeah. right direction. All right. So you do fly commercial now and I know we got to wrap this up, but it's like, give us, give us some fun, fun little Scotty T stories about this. What, have you had a crazy flight, a crazy passenger? Also you flew during COVID or didn't fly during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> like all the things. You've well, had a little weird. I got hired, I got hired in 2000, in December of 2019 and what a time to be alive. I, yeah. And then, <laughs> right. And then in I finished my training, my my last training flight on February 28th, 
2020. Wow. And I think it was March 15th where the world shut mm-hmm. down. I was at, I was on a flight and uh, the captain I was with was like, I think we were in Houston. He's like, we got to get back to Dallas and, uh, and get home back to, I was, I was flying out of uh, Reagan. I was DCA based. He's like, we got to get back because they're going to shut this down. We're going to end up driving home. Dear Jesus. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. And we, we got back and then everything shut down. And everything and shut down. It was done. Do you know um, two things? One, you were the very first person that I actually didn't know you. I just knew like of you that had COVID in this neighborhood. And I remember- Everyone at- thought I was going to be agent zero <laughs> and bring it back because I was still flying. And they're like, don't come around here. I'm like, you're fine. You, and it was, it was Tom Zierman that got it. Oh, Tom, that Coca-Cola factory. Yeah. So that, I, um, I met you at the pool and then like three days later, I heard um, this guy that I just shook hands with and met at the pool had COVID. And that, I don't even know if we shook hands, but that was the time where you were like, I breathed the outside air that somebody had COVID. I was like, oh no, what does that mean for me? Isn't that, what, how insane is that? It was so insane. So insane. And we would take people in Charlotte and you look back and we had, we still have the damn stickers on the ground, like where you stand when you're at the, the gate oh check-in. Oh my God, six feet apart. Six <laughs> feet apart. And then we would shove everyone in the C-terminal like cattle, like you were stuffed front to back in the C-terminal down in those like C-21. You can't get any closer to another human than in the C-terminal of Charlotte Airport. It's not possible. I used to love that terminal. There There was a Sabaro and it was the best. (laughs) (laughs) You know you're from Washington. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you just pack in there. But um, what was my... I'm sorry. My my favorite favorite story is I think like, it, there was a huge learning curve between flying helicopters and flying a big, so that a was big fixed wing plane. The thing I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. So the training was fantastic at, at at my airline, but I was flying with this captain, the the one that told me we need to get out of here. His name's uh, Leo Lasciuto. I'm I'm still friends with him today. We, we Leo Lasciuto. Leo Lasciuto. He's the bomb. And uh, I had not. I was brand new to the plane, and I had like a hundred hours on it, and I had not set something up correctly to where when I, the plane was going to go on approach. Um, go on approach. I so it was going to be like, go, uh, it would start descending okay. for landing, like the approach to the landing. Gotcha. Instead of slowing down, it was going to speed up and he knew it. Um, I, it's called uh, going over the top of descent point and the plane thinks you're in approach mode, vice descent mode. It's very technical, but I, I had missed this step. And he looks over at me. I'm in, he's in the left seat and in the right seat. He goes, oh, something's going to happen. I go, I go, what? He goes, you're not going to like it. But I'm going to let you learn the hard <laughs> no, way. No, no. Like- he's like, then, but the fact that he's like, oh, you're not going to like you're it. You're not going to like it. So, I was, so we talked about it and I've never made that mistake again. But just the fact, I hope that, not. Just the fact that he, that was how he explained it I like this guy. Yeah. When can we hang out with this guy? Yeah. Where's Leo live? Yeah. He lives down in Tampa now. God. We still keep in touch, and I'll see him in the crew, and we'll laugh about that all the time. All right, so helicopter flying in Afghanistan, flying the president around, or flying 250 passengers in this big commercial airline. What What's I, the nerve situation Everyone, here? so that's too funny. I also everyone, made up that number. How many people are on an airplane? Oh, that uh, uh, 194 okay. on the Airbus. Close uh, enough. <laughs> on the, yeah, the big configuration. So, um, Everyone asked you that? So no, everyone asks me like, like which one's worse. I, I think like kind of worse. It's just like uh, the most stressful. I think it was in. I gotta say, landing in. We would support like they called them direct action missions. Mean like you're not moving supplies from a a point A to point B. We have infantry in the back. They're going into a into a target and they're shooting. So 
getting them exactly where they need to be, like to the like within one meter of where our landing point is. That was what's one meter? <laughs> that's three feet. Like three. Sorry, it's three. <laughs> We're doing math. Now. I really wanted to know if a meter or, was like okay. Or, keep going. Yeah, so like uh, so <laughs> when you land. You have to be in the exact spot because they plan like, okay, when we come out of the helicopter, you're going left, I'm going right. And uh, it's, it's, it's planned that way so that when it, everyone starts shooting, it, the plan goes away, but everyone knows exactly where they're going. So you had to land there, but you can't see anything. It's three o'clock in the morning and you just, it's pitch black and you couldn't see anything and you're landing next to a house, but that house looks exactly like this house and they all look the same. You're like, shit, I can't, I don't know where... <laughs> Like my heart is racing through yeah. all this. So that God. was that would be the most. That was the. Like, what about the first time stuff. that you do take off with two a hundred? Oh, that was terrifying as well. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I remember that the the Czech airman that I was the the instructor flyer and I took off and he's like you're flying man you're doing great and he <laughs> was very this. positive he's like you're doing great but I did uh, my first day flying I flew from Philly to Boston Boston to Chicago Chicago to Atlanta I love you remember this I was well I we got to Boston and there was weather in Chicago so we were delayed for like three hours I landed in Chicago Chicago's not a a fun airport to operate even if you've got a thousand hours it's so confusing huh so when I landed in Atlanta I think I slept for like 10 hours I was like your body was like drained yeah and um yeah, I was, I was, it was the Love first it. 400 hours. Like I was never at ease until about a year. What's the worst weather? Is it like lightning? Is it hail? Is it, you know, I always wind what's happening. If I were to tell people like on this podcast, like people that don't like turbulence. Sure. If the, the, your, the plane's wings, your heart will rip out of your body before the wings rip off. Like you, the plane can withstand <laughs> so much more than you think you can. So okay. like you're, you're moving you're safer around. Than you, it's yeah. mu- you're much, much safer than you, you think, but it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. So we are constantly looking for the smoother air. To not have people being like, yeah, just, God. we don't even yeah. like when it's like, we call it a uh, chop. Like, you know, when you're riding a boat and you're like, it's choppy, uh-huh. that's what we call it. It's chop. So it's, it's we're con- we're like hey we're in light shop we need to find cleaner air so we're talking to other pilots we're talking to the controllers to find out where the smoother air we have all this when I stuff think about what it iPad. takes behind the scenes of these people organizing all these planes it blo- I've asked you that even like how they get all it we don't even have we don't have time to get into it but that blows my mind in yeah. itself right that, like, and that was the biggest thing during COVID was I call it my kingdom for a nail like you you got the you got the crew where they're supposed to be, the plane working, the gate agent was there. You got all the passengers on. You took off on time. You landed at an airport, but there were like three guys on the ramp with wands that weren't there to taxi you into the gate. So you waited for an hour no, for those I three guys. There. And now everyone misconnects and no one makes their flights because you had three guys that weren't there on the ground to like wave you into the gate. Is that the worst part of your job now? All the grouchy people and they see you in the airport and they're like, I'm like, do people give you hell? Uh, there are guys that change out of their uniform when they're like, I could see that traveling home because they don't I have watched people. I'm like, what is wrong with this person? Like, yeah. Hey Karen, relax over there. I was, <laughs> it's not Scotty T. Schwalt. <laughs> I was in line. I was grabbing a coffee at Starbucks and, um, I was in uniform and, uh, another passenger walked up to the passenger standing next to me waiting for our Starbucks. And I was like, Hey man, where, where is that? Where's gate D 21. And the guy's like, Oh man, it's right here. And we caught eyes. I was like, 
I'm shocked he asked you that question. <laughs> he, was like, why wouldn't you? he was like, yeah, why wouldn't he have, you're standing here in uniform. You're clearly the answer, man. Why wouldn't he come You'd have been you? like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. In every airport I'm across sh- this country. I'm from Charlotte. I don't know where <laughs> anything in Dallas is. Oh, uh, Scotty T. This has been so fun. Yeah. I feel like we could we could keep going. We, we, we could. Can't. We can't. No one will listen. No, everybody's out. The drive is over. They the pulled drive the is over. Lot. That's the truth. This is when I listen on the drives. Yeah. I love a good podcast. This has been so fun. You know, I knew this was going to be so fun, though. Right? Well, you know, it's 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 your boy. Uh, also, <laughs> like, this is going to be the most embarrassed I ever am to publish a podcast because, wow, I was real dumb for five seconds. No, okay. no, it's everyone okay. knows there's Division you know? One skydiving. <laughs> I can't wait to tell our friends this. God, y'all, thank you for listening, for staying tuned. You can now find me on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. It's Bright Minds with Ashmon. Please continue to listen and support me. Give me some stars on there. Does something to the algorithm. I don't know yet. I'm going to learn some stuff here soon. Also, give me some feedback. Let me know how much you love Scotty T because he's the best. Hey, I appreciate you. All right. See you Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.